Mangalam Gurudevaya Devya Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevya Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yate Namaha Om Jananim Sharadam Devim Ramakrishnam Jagatkurum Parapadme Tayostritva Pranamami Muhuruhu Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Revo Param Brahman Tasmai Sri Guru Venamaha Tasmai Sri Guru Venamaha Maybe you can do after. So continuing after a few weeks, we've had revered Swami Chaitanya Maharaj here for the summer, which is very, very nice. But today I think he is in Sacramento. In Sacramento. So uh, we had today, so we said we can continue our classes. I think this is our 11th uh, 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 talk on, 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 on an introduction to Kali Puja, kind of giving a bird's eye view through the Kali Puja tradition. That we've been doing, we've gone through, we've gone through a lot of a lot of discussion, hours and hours of discussion now, um, uh, uh, on all kinds of interesting things. And actually, so far, we've done the purification, purification of space, purification of the body, atma shuddhi, directional layer after layer, from outside the sankalpa, so many things. So now we're finally get to a little bit of some actual puja. We've been, so far it's been mostly, actually almost all purifications and consecration. And so, but we're not, oops, all right. We're not, um, it's, although it's, 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 we haven't exactly started the worship of, of course, all this is the worship of Kali, but before worshiping the main deity, there's preliminary worship. We've had preliminary purification, now we're doing preliminary worship. And, you know, I think people have this kind of sense that, oh, before, you, you always start by worshiping Ganesha. Our first mantra was to Ganesha, right? We was Sri Guru Om We start by worshiping Ganesha at the beginning of the puja, before we begin anything. But now, as we get to to actually doing pujas, after all the purifications, actually beginning the worship, we always start with Ganesha. Uh, and so, a lot of tradition days worship you worship Ganesha, and then you worship the deity you're worshiping. So, in a Kali puja, you worship Ganesha, and then Kali, or Ganesha, and then Shiva. Um, <clears throat> Other traditions, you worship Ganesha and Guru, right? First you worship Ganesha, then you worship Guru, then you worship the deity you're worshiping. So it would be Ganesha, Guru, and Shiva. So in our tradition, the tradition that's come down to the Bengali form, the Tantra, um, we we do like that, but actually it's it's not just Ganesha. They say Ganesha, Ari, Panchadevata, Namaha. We worship the five deities beginning with Ganesha. And actually the beginning, there's a, in the Sankalpa Mantra, Go back to day one, I think, of our puja classes, or day two, maybe. Day two, maybe day two or three. I don't know. Uh, it says, um, "Guruvari, Guruvari, Guruvari, Nama Devata Puja Purvakam Simadakshina Kalika Parameshri Puja Karmaham Karishami." We stay, we're starting stating we're going to worship now. I'm, I, to the best of my ability, am going to worship Dakshina Kali. Preceded by Guruvari Panchadevata, uh, Guruvari Devata, Nama Devata Puja Purvakam, beginning with the worship of the deities, the Devatas, beginning with Guru. So we, so that's what gives us, we do Guru, then, so Guru, Guruvari or Guruvari or Ganeshari, we, Guru and Ganesha, 
and the other deities. So in some forms of the puja, this is all you do is you worship, you offer flower to Guru, and we worship Guru, we worship Ganesha, and we start. And that's usually sufficient. In simple puja, that's sufficient. In the more elaborate pujas, uh, um, uh, not just Guru and Ganesha, but Ganesha representing, he's the, he's the Mandaleshwara, he's, he hold, he's the center of the mandala of, of deities. So all kinds of deities are worshipped. And so in the, in the elaborate pujas, they, you worship with the flower, offering flowers to each of these, I mean, every possible deity named, even name is being worshipped. Uh, uh, and we'll do that in the, but just put here quickly. <clears throat> Maybe in the ki- put it in the kitchen. We'll we'll bring it up after. Yeah, okay. Not a, not a, not a. You can leave it in the kitchen. Better. Thank you. So we worship, uh, uh, so in, in these mantras, it's Ganeshari Panchadavata Bhyonamaha, Indradik Pale Bhyonamaha, Adikiranabhagrahe Bhyonamaha, all these mantras that you'll, we'll, we'll, get, we'll go through them. Uh, we worship the five deities beginning with Ganesh. We worship the ten directional de- the protectors of the direction beginning with Indra. We worship the planets beginning with the sun. We worship the ten goddesses beginning with Kali. We worship the ten avatars beginning with Matsya, like this. These different mantras are there. And in some, this is, these are done first. Right. Sometimes what we'll do, we'll do actually the, the formal worship of the five deities, the five or six deities, and then we'll we worship all of them. So we'll just go through. And so it starts, as I said, we some, some start with Ganesha, because Ganesha has been given a boon to be worshipped first. So you know the, the ancient story like this, that when Gan- there's many stories, but when Ch- Lord Shiva uh, um, uh, uh, killed Ganesha, if you can kill Ganesha, uh, cut off Ganesha's head and then put Ganesha's head back on, he gave him a boon. That he'd be worshipped first, even before him, before 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 any god, but including him, he's always worshipped first. Was, I think when early on when we, when we did when we looked with that first mantra to Lord Ganesha and the Shuklam Baram Dram, when we did these mantras, we gave a lot of details about why Ganesha is worshipped first. We won't go over everything again, but um, uh, but so some worship Ganesha first, some worship Guru first. Our tradition worship Guru first because Guru, we only can worship Ganesha by Guru's grace another thing. So if you're doing a formal Guru Puja, you first worship Ganesha. You Ganesha, and then you, because you know, Ganesha is always worshipped first. But we've already worshipped Ganesha so many times. So now, the first of these Devata Pujas, we're starting with Guru. Because the Guru, it's by the Guru's grace that we have, we're doing the Puja. And there's different ways of understanding. One thing is, oh, the Guru gives the Puja, and therefore we, we worship the Guru. But also, the mood often is that we're, the, the Guru is actually doing the Puja. Actually, that who are we, I mean, we're great. I mean, all the devotees, we're in, we have infinite value, but we don't have much experience, right? Uh, uh, much training. And uh, in a certain sense, there's, ma- there's many people more qualified than we are to do these pujas, right? And, and, and we can, in our mind, our guru is very qualified, right? He or she has, is, is so intimate with God, right? And so expert. There's a mantra that says, actually, the duty of the guru is to worship the deity and to engage others in the deity's worship. There's one mantra like this. Right. And so we feel when we're doing puja, we start by worshipping Guru in a certain sense, honoring, but by invoking the Guru, the Guru will do the puja. 
right? And we're his, we act as his or her assistant, right? And so some, there's some forms of puja where you, for every item is first offered to the guru, right? And then with the idea that the guru will then offer it to Ma, or the guru will offer it to Krishna. This kind of idea. A lot of time people offer their food this way. They offer the food to the guru, and the guru offers it to their guru, and their guru offers it to their guru, and their guru offers it to their, their guru, all the way up to Paramishti, Guru Bhionama, to the original guru, to, to move up this way. <coughs> Others reverse it. Just some, these are a matter of conception, right? They're like, no, no, we first worship by the, God, by the Guru's grace, we worship God, and then that prasad we give to the Guru first, right? The Guru gets the first plate, right? So you offer to, to, to the deity, and then you offer to the Guru as prasad. There's different moods, right? But our puja, we first worshiping the Guru, both to get his grace, her, his or her grace, and a feeling that the Guru's present, the Guru's the worshiper, and we're assisting. Everything we're doing is, is, an assist, is in assistance to the Guru. Let me get the opening mantras here. You left it to the perfect page, and I left, lost it. And so it can be done in a simple way. In the simple puja book, it's just it, you offer a flower. And so the puja can be done as a, simple, as a one, uh, one uh, offering, simply a flower. Or Panchupada Puja. Panchupada Puja means five items, which we'll go into, or ten items, or sixteen items, or thirty-two items, or sixty-four items. Right? These all these elaborate, uh, more elaborate. And each so simple is you simply offer a flower. That's one item. You offer a flower. That and with some prayers. That's considered the puja. Five, we're in, in the, in the uh, daily puja we do here and on Amabash and these different pujas, we're offering five item worship. And these five items are uh, uh, fragrance or perfume, ganda, itta ganda, esha gandaha, right? And then Omayin Sri Guru Venamha, pushpa, flower. And rather than just send the Guru Pushpa, we say Satchandana Pushpa. Remember, we, we did this elaborate worship of the sandalwood paste. And we talked about this uh, with sandalwood paste, satchandana. Iram satchandana pushpam, we offer a flower with sandalwood paste. Uh, then, and, and according to the deity, we offer leaves as part of that. So it's tulsi leaves or bibla leaves or like that. So flowers and leaves and petals. Then dupa, incense. Then dipa, lamp. And naivedyam, food and water. Right, these five items. And so these are, you can see, these are not unrelated to the five elements. Right, and remember, we talked in the whole puja. Everything's everything is going to be interpreted as elemental. Everything is the elements. Everything is bhuta shuti, right? So in the um, in the Dhyan mantra, there's a Manasa Puja mantra. In the uh, we haven't got there. It's it's uh, uh, towards the end of the in, as we get into the actual elaborate part of the Kali Puja. We do everything we do in externally. We first do mentally. That mental worship gives a clue to these what, what's being worshipped externally, right? So in for fragrance, what's being offered is. Um, it's the like the the very fra- uh, very fragrance of the earth is being offered, right? So and actually when we all, when we do arati we offer flower as fragrance. It's the very fr- the essence of, of the earth, as uh, um, 
as of uh, flower here. It, it's interpreted differently in different ways. The flowers are all kinds of auspicious qualities, right? We offer flowers of nonviolence, flowers of compassion, flowers of egolessness, flowers of so the flower is representing all these beautiful divine qualities. Incense is offering of the pranas, right? Uh, our own prana. Uh, uh, and uh, light is offering consciousness or the light element like this. And food is offering the mind, right, uh, like this. Anyway, there's, there's a symbolic meaning of some of the offerings, the five items. So we'll start with the Guru Puja. And the, the, what we do, we, we take a flower in, in a thing called Korma Mudra. This is Korma Mudra. There's two forms of Korma Mudra. This is one form where the fingers are like this, and the other form is like this. When you do like this, it because allows you to hold a flower. That's not so important. You don't have to do it at home, but if you're demonstrating. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look it up online, Kumar Mudra, No Mudra. And Korma, if you remember in the stories, when the earth is being churned, the earth begins to sink. And when the earth begins to sink, Lord Vishnu takes on the form of Kurma and he holds up the earth. Uh, so in case you're wondering how our earth is held up, now you know it's held up by a giant turtle. Turtle, Who holds up the turtle? We won't go into that. Another turtle, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's another turtle. As the joke goes, turtles all the way down. <laughs> There's whole websites to that now, so <laughs> be careful how, how seriously we take this. But uh, that, So in the cosmology, so the earth, the earth is held up by, uh, by this turtle. So the turtle is Lord Vishnu. And Lord Vishnu, Vishnu mean, comes from Vishnu, which, which means all-pervading consciousness. That's what Vishnu ultimately means. So it, we can give all kinds of meanings to it, but it's held up, everything, everything is held up within consciousness. Everything is held up, Brahman consciousness is holding everything up. And so, but Korma has a quality of being stable consciousness. It's stable, right? We have a shalagram here, these Vishnu form, that's Korma shalagram. And in the Shastra, it mentions in Padma Purana and Skanda Purana, that the benefit of worshiping a, a korma shila, it gives stability to our spiritual life. So korma, the, always, the symbol of korma is always stability, he stabilizes, right? And so when we do what we're doing, we're trying to hold an, a mental image called uh, a dhyansloka. We try to visualize the deity within the heart. And the, the, the mudras help do this. We invoke a principle of stability, holding up, right? And holding our flower, we, we hold it kind of at the heart level. And we do this again and again with each deity. This is you'll see in puja. You probably have seen people do the priests, Om Brahmanandam, Paramasukaram, Kevalam. You know, with some mantra, they hold the flower and Kurmudra. Means that they're visualizing the deity as described in a sloka, right? In and uh, using the Kurmudra as a stabilizing principle, right? The stabilize because it's the stabilization of the mind. And actually, you can see the bottom and the top. There's something about mudras. We'll, slowly, we'll we'll unpack mudras as we go through some of these mudras. This simple mudra is it, there's a something in the bottom that holds and something on top that caps it. You see, a turtle is like, it, I mean, of course, it only has one shell, but it has a. It seems like it's like a complete type of unit. And Swami Hari Namananda from the San Diego uh, Vedanta Center, he gave a very interesting talk on Sri Ramakrishna's three photographs. And there's one where he's, you know, the standing picture. He's like this. And we can only guess what, we can analyze every movement of his finger and what it means like this, right? But some Swamis have given, people have meditated a lot on this photograph. Some say that exactly this is Kumar Mudra. That he's holding it, when Kumar Mudra you hold the deity. But in Sri Ramakrishna, his deity, we have a term in the uh, Nirvana Upanishad, 
says nirban devata. It's infinite. Un, it's it's exp, it, literally the top has been blown off, right? So like, because actually his fingers are like this. You know, there's a. I mean, this is one way. Who knows what his, his fingers were? All kinds of things. It's just the one the picture got. You know, but the, it's been taken as very symbolic. Because this is one way of understanding this mudra. It, it was this. He's still doing this, and he's doing this. So it's like he's holding it, but it's 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 he's in ecstasy. It's not he's not holding it. He's holding it up, but not holding it in, not holding it, not not limiting it. Right? It's an interesting idea that even Sri Ramakrishna's pose is that of Korma Mudra, unbounded. You know, it's interesting. We try to hold it because our problem is we're trying to hold it in. Sri Ramakrishna, that's not his problem. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so, so the idea. So we we visualize the deity in the heart. Usually, meditated in the heart. Sometimes it's meditating. Although it's meditated in our heart, sometimes it's like Ganesha. We meditate in the heart, but actually Ganesha is at the base of the spine. So Guru, although we visualize in the heart, actually Guru is meditated on top of the head. It's interesting. So, so Guru, according to Tantra Shastra, we have a thousand petal lotus in the head. We've all imagined that, right? Nestled within that thousand lotus petal lotus. There's another 12 lotus petal uh, flower, right? The, uh, <coughs> that, uh, uh, and within that lotus, nestled within the other lotus. Actually, you see sometimes when we do argya, right? When we offer, you know, you'll see some like where well, we have a flower and we put another flower in the flower and then we put leaves like that. This is reminiscent of this, like nestled within the within within that infinite consciousness of Shiva at the top of the head. There's another lotus. It's a 12 petal lotus which reflects, what's another 12-petal lotus we have in the body? Remember? At the Anahata, right? We have, is that right? We have a 12-petal, right? So this is one heart, but this is not the, this is, um, this is, it's not really our heart, actually. The, the, the 12 lotus, this is the air element. This is a particular locational uh, chakra. The real heart is nestled within that lotus. There's, a, there's an 8-petal lotus nestled in the 12-petal lotus. <laughs> That's the real heart, right? That's the, we'll get there also when we, when we get to this part of the puja. But in the thousand petal, there's another heart that re- reflects that, right? That's the heart at a higher level heart, which is represented the guru. And the Tantra Shastra, it says the guru is meditating on very specifically, right? He's dressed in white, right? And he is dressed in white, so in, in, the, in the Dhyan Sloka, right? And he's in union with the Shakti, which means his wife. Right, of course, you know, like like my guru doesn't have a wife. He's a sannyasi, and he, and, he's, and he would never wear white. Right, I don't wear white. You know, it's like, but this this may be a time when it was dealing. This is in a time when the gurus were these are the rishi rishi patnis, like this, right? And the tantra shastra, it would be married gurus, married uh, uh, sadhus, or saying brahminical uh, gurus in the, in the ashrams. So the, the, this commentary like that, that's often probably what it means, or this could be more more. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, allegorical or uh, uh, not allegorical? Uh, uh, archetypal or something like that of like Shiva Shakti. You know, it's, it's not the Guru as a person. It's the Guru as it's Shiva and Shakti. It's Paramishra Paramishri. It's like the uh, more essential type of thing, right? And so they're they're meditated on. In fact, they're meditated not just with the wife on the lap. So it's almost like in a union. So it's it's a, it's a tantric image. Now with, san- with sannyasi gurus we don't think like this, and even with household gurus we don't overly think like this. So it's give- but the mantra is given because actually the guru is always in union with his shakti, and even if the guru is not in union with a literal shakti, right? You know, with a wife or a shakti or a tantric uh, dakini or something like this, whatever we try to interpret, 
actually the shakti of the guru is his his shakti you know it's like when you see in in, in tibetan buddhism they have these great images you have buddhas right and then you have buddhas with their shaktis like oops sorry with a shakti embracing right usually our energy goes out our shakti not necessarily our wife or our girlfriend or tantric lover or whatever we whatever we fit into the, the in the image right is our shaktis our consciousness goes out our senses go out our our, our tension goes outward right but in union with shakti where the shakti is turned in means that in, in they're, they're they're conscious of themselves their attentions to themselves right so it's also a symbol of self-realization right uh, uh, so in union with their shakti is another way of saying shiva and shakti, means awakening kundalini illumined consciousness self-realization self you know it's also a symbol of, of, of the realized being, of the realized consciousness. And so why also the, why we worship the Guru, visualize the Guru in the lotus, within the lotus on the head, right? Because the Guru is illumined consciousness, right? So we invoke, also in the Vini Yoga Mantras we'll get to eventually, we invoke the Rishi of any mantra in the head, right? Just like we worship the deity in the heart, we worship the Rishi in the head, we worship the Guru in the head, right? Because we want our mind to be that, we want our mind to be the mind of the Guru, the mind of, of this illumined consciousness, right? So, in the Tantra Shastra, I didn't, I don't have it here, and I, I mean, it's easy enough to get. I can, it's in the footnotes of the Ramakrishna Puja book, and it, it's that, that longer mantra, meditating on the lotus, dressed in white, in union with the Shakti, that's all given. But usually, we, we use, instead, right, we use a very famous verse from the uh, Guru Gita, Many probably it's a very it's one of the well-known mantras. Brahmanandam param sukaram kevalam jnana murtim dvantvatitam gaganasadrisham tatsamatsyari laksham ekam nityam imalachalam sarvadi shakshibhutam pavatitam tignarahitam satgurum tamnamami. So this has become uh, a de facto dhyana mantra for the guru. If you were to write a dhyana, we have to describe it with dhyana mantra. Dhyana mantra. There's different types of mantras, right? A dhyan mantra is a month. It's believed that dhyan mantras are are written by rishis, right? So written by rishis based upon their visions, and so either you could say oh, a rishi saw Lord Shiva, right, and therefore describe Lord Shiva. He was like this. He was holding an axe. He was holding a deer in this hand, and the trishul, and kanga was flowing. He had five heads, and he was on a mountain of gem. You know, he described what he sees, right? So it could just be, and therefore. Medit- I, I'm, until you see him, this is what he looks like. I saw him, right? So this is one way of understanding the dhyan, these dhyan mantras. Another way is that that what they see, what the sages experience, can't be described, right? It's beyond uh, can't say beyond name and form. It's a source of name and form before it begins enough differentiated enough to be considered name and form, right? And so so when the the the, the sages or rishis in their wisdom and compassion for us to help us meditate upon that which is beyond thinking, to think about that which is beyond thought, right? Uh, describe, uh, uh, they bring their mind down and describe to the best, they describe in a way, they describe the infinite deity in a way that we can comprehend without losing its infinite nature, right? As soon as you describe something materially, then in a certain sense you've already, I mean, people, to define something is, is to almost deny it, you know? Uh, uh, uh. But if you describe it in a way where it's still, it's every description, every detail sparkles with the infinite, right? You know, so it's like, like, well, he has a thousand arms, 
So you can visualize a thousand arms, but to visualize a thousand arms is to visualize infinitude, right? So although you're, you're visualizing something, well, she was all these arms, or Kali was all these arms, right? You're visualizing the infinite, not, even though you're giving it a form, or a sage has given us a form to meditate upon. It's a form that, that's, that, that points, you don't, if, although you're thinking of something, you don't lose the infinite in the thing, if that makes sense, you know. So that's another way that these Dhyan Mantras are full of extreme meaning. Right? Every detail is not limiting the Absolute, it's revealing an aspect of the Absolute. We don't lose it. Right? We described, sitting here before, this, uh, I like it very, this, this story very much, where somebody asked, somebody was com- complaining to Neem Kroli Baba a little bit, that all oh, these names, we believe God is infinite. He goes, yes. He says, but when we say God's name, like Ram, right, or Hanuman, or Shiva, we give a name for God, isn't that limiting? Right, why choosing one or thinking one thing that's giving you're giving some definition, some limit, right? Or if you think of a Ram, or you think of Krishna, you think of Devi, that that's limiting. And so uh, Neem Kirli Baba was didn't usually give lectures; that wasn't his style, right? But he created uh, uh, situations where you got a certain te- where you got the teaching, right? So he he made some offhand comment, and just you know, if you know his personality, he made some. Probably called him a fool or something, and ignored him like this. But but as the conversation continued, his conversation, in the middle of it, he asked that boy, "Please bring me some water." And the boy went and got him some a glass of water. And he says, "What is this? I asked for water." He says, "This is water." He says, "I, I didn't ask for a glass. I asked for water." Right? And the person like sitting there with a glass, you can imagine it's a glass in his hand. Like, what, how do I bring you water with my glass? Like, is it completely confusing? That's that was the, the teaching. Actually, the, the glass does not limit water. It reveals water. Right, at, at, sitting here, if you want, if I ask for water, the only way you're going to do, you're going to bring me a glass of water, uh, and so I'm, and my, it's not limiting. So these names, these forms, these ideas that have been passed down by the rishis and by the gurus, right? They're they're, they're not limiting the absolute. They're revealing aspect. They're revealing something so we can catch it, right? And uh, for the uh, so the the rishis who compose these mantras, either describe their vision, or they described, or they or they put into 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 um, uh, dense, compacted language, huge ideas and experiences and principles about the deity, right? Uh, or uh, and 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 based these images we see of Krishna and Ganesha and Kali and Durga, they're not artistic. Of course, we had very talented artists made these images and paintings. You know, Dashna Havijas here from Haley, you know, extremely talented artist did it. But actually, this this painting of Dash Mahavijas, we have uh, this is the original piece, only place in the world you'll find this, this collection, right? But he didn't, although he used his artistic ability and some interpretation, right? But every detail is from a text called the Tantrasara, right? It's a Bengali, it's, an, it's a medieval or classical text collection of Dhyan slokas, these Dhyan mantras of all the deities, tantric deities collected at that time by, I think his name is Krishnananda. It was a tantric adept of his time, collecting these mantras. Uh, and so the artists paint or make the images according to the, these mantras in the scriptures. Even now, I, I was talking to Adi Keshav, he wants a certain deity, he wants an Im, some images made in South India of certain deities, right? But he was telling that these traditional families that make the images won't make it, because they say, oh, that's not, unless he shows the verse, Right, he wants like because there's some standard, you know. If you want certain forms of the Devi, they make those. But if you want something different, you can't just make it up, right? He, showed, he said that if I show from Tantra Shastra, right, oh okay, then then I guess it's okay. 
It describes her because, uh, like, like uh, we were talking about Matangi. Matangi has certain images, but that's not the image of Matangi he wants. He wants a different Matangi image, right? That doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist because nobody's made one, and nobody's and nobody will make one. These traditional families will make. You can't just make them up, right? At the end of these slokas, a lot of them, it's like in the Kali Dhyana Mantra, there's a long mantra for Dhyana, for Kali, in, uh, which we'll get to eventually in uh, one of these years. <laughs> but, uh, all this talk about Kali, but we still haven't talked about Kali. <laughs> we spent 11 years on Bhagavatam, never talked about Krishna, and now we're spending uh, 11, uh, 11 talks on Kali, but we haven't talked about Kali. But anyways, <laughs> the way it works. <clears throat> uh, in her Dhyana Mantra, it says, one who meditates upon Kali thus, Right, attains kama, dharma, artha, moksha. Right, one who meditates on thus gets a certain result. Right, and so that's a statement of a rishi, and it's been repeated and tested for thousands of hundreds of years, and maybe thousands of years, and maybe yugas and creation cycles. Who knows? Right, those who meditate on this way get this result. Right, if we make up an image, right, because I have like I I meditate I like I have a certain way I like to think of ma, and I would love to have an image that way. Right. And, and you see, if you go online, look up Kali or Durga like that, there's all kinds of... In one sense, very inspiring. A lot of modern young artists are making, are generating all kinds of art on Kali and all these deities, right? And one thing, it shows their creativity and, and their... And, and their, like that, but they're not rishis, right? And so while I like the art I usually save, and I have a file of kind of weird Kali art, modern weird Kali art, you know? <laughs> a lot of them is very cony and very uh, superhero-y and, and <laughs> gothic and all kinds of things like this, right? So I appreciate this is the the artist the artist uh, juice creating with the divine themes and goddess themes, right? But I wouldn't worship and meditate upon these forms, right? Because they're 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 uh, they're not revealed in the minds of yogis, right? I'm not criticizing artists. There's many great artists that are not. But I know a lot of artists, not all yogis, right? <laughs> the purified consciousness and the and divine revelation. So we don't know the results of of meditating on this form. These forms we know. They've been they've been revealed. We believe they've been revealed by rishis, no people who know what they're talking about. They've been re- not only but based upon their visions, but their teaching. They're they're also telling us this is good for us, and we have some faith in them, right? Uh-huh. And they've been meditated upon. This is the forms and uh, and mantras that have been worshipped for hundreds of hundreds of years or hundreds of generations even, right? So they they can be uh, trusted. Uh, these new forms maybe though maybe they're fine, and you know maybe that's but. They're not traditional forms, and it's okay. Not everything has to be traditional. There's art that's not traditional, but deity uh, making of deities for worship has to be traditional, right? And 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 the visualizations we do in puja have to be traditional. They're given, they're revealed in shastra. They're not made up, right? Uh-huh. So this one for for the guru, the mantra that's used is not. Uh, it's from who's the who's the um, author of the Guru Gita? Who's the speaker of Guru Gita? Lord Shiva himself speaks Guru Gita to Parvati. Of course, this is a classic tantric format, right? Where Shiva is speaking to Parvati, Parvati speaking to Shiva, right? And exactly uh, general, you get too details. You get contradict. I can get contradicted by certain details, but the general story, the mythological story behind, or the the story behind the Guru Gita, is Lord Shiva and Parvati are sitting on Mount Kailash, and then somebody walks by, and Shiva hits the ground and does pranams. And Parvati is like, who are you bowing to? You're Shiva. You're the supreme god. I mean, there's nothing higher than Shiva. Right? Isn't that true? He says, oh, yes, that's true. Then who are you bowing to? Oh, directly, but there is, although there's nothing higher than Shiva, that's true, there is something higher than Shiva. And that's Guru. Guru Tattva is higher than, than Ishwara Tattva, Shiva Tattva. Right? 
and so, but who's who's Shiva's guru? And I mean, there's 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 no Shiva's Shiva's guru is actually Shiva, right? <laughs> Shiva as guru is Shiva, and Shiva as disciple, just like Shiva and Parvati. Shiva and Parvati is no different. But one takes the form of a disciple, one takes the form of a teacher. This this seeming duality. So Shiva's guru is Dakshinamurti, right? The, uh, Shiva as the original guru is Dakshinamurti, right? And so the and so then the description. Tell me about this Shiva character you keep talking about. That's that you say is better than you, that's higher than you. That even you worship. And then the guru, the mantras, hundred eighty-two mantras, whatever it is. How many? Hundred eighty-two mantras of the Guru Gita. Yes, 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 yes. So he has described. So actually, these are so. And these mantras are are like wonderful, right? And um, and India Guru Gita is important. It becomes, of course, there's certain choice verses that every, that become have become known, including this one that we're we're saying. And of course the fame is Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, and Omagyana Timadandasya, Omakanamalakaram. There's four or five famous ones, right? But the whole text, not many people chant. Actually it's your Guruji. Uh Swami Muktananda he um, he really brought the recitation of Guru Gita. Even historically scholars credit him to starting the the Guru Gita as its own sadhana, the recitation of the of the text. Made it very, at least in the West, he brought the Guru Gita as a text, itself a type of sadhana, you know. Because the Guru Tattva, of course, we have our gurus and we initiation and, and teaching and the scriptures like that. But how do you invoke, of course, the Guru, we believe the Guru gives us grace and gives us initiation, gives us training. But what once initiation has been given, grace has been bestowed and training has been given, sometimes the Guru's gone. How do you connect with that Guru Tattva? Right. One of the ways, traditional ways, is by glorification, by medit- by these re- these hymns and, and statements of the Guru Gita. You connect. They're a type of meditation on the Guru and invokes Guru Kripa, the grace of the Guru. So this this mantra, although it doesn't, it's not describing a form. It's describing the tattva of the Guru. Brahmanandam Paramasukaram. You Brahmanandam. So you are the bliss of Brahman. Right. So interesting. It's not. Uh, uh, so actually, so. A big idea in the Guru Gita, in the, the final mantras, is this famous one, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, right? So, I, I don't want to offend any of you who think you have great gurus, but my guru, right? I, when I said Guru Brahma, then you know he created the universe, and he sustains the universe, and he will destroy the universe, and he's the Supreme Brahman, so deal with it. My guru is Bharatam. Now that's that statement at the at, at, at the outset it becomes ridiculous, right? No matter how great we think our guru is, or don't think our guru is, whatever it is, he's, he didn't create the universe, right? So when we say Guru Brahma, it's not that our guru is actually Brahma, right? And in one sense it is. We have to be careful. We don't offend, especially a week before, five days before Guru Purnima. We don't want to on the on the Vyasasana <laughs> offend any offend the Guru Tattva, right? But actually, it's saying that he, that Brahma is the Guru, not that the Guru is Brahma. Although we say Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Vishnu is the Guru, Shiva is the Guru. Parasha, uh, uh, is it uh, uh, Guru Gureva Parambara? He's verily the supreme Brahman itself, Parabrahman, right? That Brahman, so the Brahman, who is Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, that is Guru. That Guru. That supreme guru, God as in other words, Sri Ramakrishna, Satchananda is the only guru. God is the only guru, right? But that guru, we call that guru tattva. That's the guru tattva that Shiva bowed to, right? Guru tattva acts in different forms, in the form of the scriptures, the form of tradition, 
the form of sadhus, and very real in the form of our actual guru or gurus. Right. So when we say when we when we when we worshiping Guru Brahman, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, it's not exaggerated praise or fanaticism. It can be, and it can be fanaticism. It easily becomes that. That the problem is the very language, right? But actually, it's 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 worship, recognizing the Guru God as Guru in the in the human personality, right? Hopefully, in the in the pure purified human personality, in the dear, disciplined, moral, <laughs> knowledgeable, traditional human personality. Unfortunately, not all these aren't always. On people's lists of what what becomes a guru, but these that is a traditional list should be some knowledge, some wisdom, some selflessness, selflessness some tradition, some initiation, right? Uh, so that's what's being worshipped as guru. That's what's being honored, right? Uh, um, one time was our sannyas guru, Sami Omanand Saraswati Maharaj. Uh, we called him. On, we'll call him a few days on Guru Purnima. We always call and talk to him. Some years ago, he, he's very creative, and every year you never know what he's going to come up with. You know, he's a creative, independent thinker, right? Traditional and creative both, right? He said, oh, Bhajananda, very good. I was just lecturing the boys. We have our ashrams full of young boys, and, he, and a heavy-handed guru is <laughs> giving him heavy instruction continuously. It's quite something to live there, for sure. Uh, he says, and I was telling him how guru is Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, right? So it's a different, rather than, like, so how is guru Brahma? Guru Brahma, the uh, he creates uh, Brahma creates the Guru creates good qualities and good knowledge in the disciple. And how does Brahma Vishnu, the, the Guru, uh, sustains their and protects their spirit, their spiritual life and material life? And how is Guru uh, Shiva, because he he destroys uh, their, their their ignorance. So he was playing, kind of playing with the idea. And then he, then, he, then he says, so, Bhajan, you know what I, what, what, how he destroys their ignorance? Shiva, Maheshwara, holds a trishul with three spikes, right? And so one of what's one spike is uh, uh, instruction. And maybe hopefully I'm getting this right. I'm trying, it's been some years ago, so like that. One, uh, one, one spike is affection, right? And the, and the third spike is punishment. Because <laughs> the little kids, they get more punished more than we do. We get a little punishment still, but... Little kids <laughs> are more likely to get a good, a good, a good, a good chastisement, you know. But uh, so he was like, he was like, that's the guru is is in the life of the disciple. The guru is like Brahma. He's creating your spiritual life. He is like Vishnu. He's protecting, sustaining. He's kind of playing with this idea of, of this of this mantra. Um, but the idea that in the Guru Gita itself, my Guru is the greatest Guru, my Guru is a God, my God is the God of the universe, my Guru is a Guru. It, it has this type of thing could easily be taken as, a, as, as dangerous praise, right? Both dangerous to the Guru, everybody's praising your God, people singing your God, your God, your God is very dangerous, right? It's also really dangerous to the disciple to say your God, your God, your God, because it creates a very unhealthy um, uh, emotional dynamic, you know, perhaps. Right, so we while we say guru is God, I think a safer in this age may be God is guru. Right, God is a guru, and we see God in the human guru, not trying to see raise the human guru to the position of God, which is a traditional way, but especially in the West and the Western traditions, I think that's become very dangerous. Right, and I think one of the, thinking about it is in the in in the in the Western in, to Westerners when these uh, charismatic teachers come. Gurus come, they give the tradition. And a guru, in one sense, is the one who gives a tradition. We believe that we're getting a tradition from the guru, right? Um, but I think in traditional culture, the guru doesn't give a tradition, the tradition gives the guru. 
right? You get the guru because of the tradition, right? You know, and therefore you understand the guru's position and your relationship with your family and like that through the larger tradition. And that's a safe way. You understand who and what a guru is from the tradition, right? Not we understand what religion is because the guru told us. We understand what the guru is because the religion has told us. And I think that little change makes a huge, has made a very huge difference. And with a little meditation on, on uh, I, a thing I've been thinking about recently is we prefer for Guru Purnima. Right. Brahmanandam Paramasukaram. So the bliss of Brahman, the bestower of the highest joy. Paramasukaram. You're the one who gives the highest joy. This morning you're reading from Tatreya Upanishad. It says that one who experiences Brahman, he alone, she alone attains the supreme happiness. Right. So that's if you want the supreme happiness, you need the knowledge of Brahman. The knowledge of Brahman. Here says, uh, Brahmanandam Paramas. You are the one who gives the knowledge of the, the bliss of Brahman, the supreme happiness. Kevalam Jnana Murtim. You are Kevalam Jnana Murtim. Your form, your, your form is that of Kevalam Jnana. This is of, of infinite knowledge, one without a second. Right? You're the one non-dual knowledge. That is your form. So it's not, this is the form, or that's not the form. Infinite, infinite, and singular knowledge is the form. Dvantvatitam gagana sadrisham. You are uh, uh, you are beyond or transcend uh, the duality. Your the, the knowledge you give and what you are is the one beyond. The, you give them beyond gagana sadrisham, that which is like the sky, gagana, infinite like the sky, right? And so this gagana is a beautiful. We meditate upon a particular line. Our one of my favorite. Uh, Upanishad is called Nirvana Upanishad, and it's that same one says Nirvan Devata that the deity that we worship is Nirvan, unbounded, like this. Uh, the Ashank uh, Thakur is unbounded mudra, right? And it's and what's our Siddhanta? You, you know this term Siddhanta. Siddhanta means conclusion, right? Siddhanta. Uh, uh, I don't know. In English, is not a good Siddhanta, mm-hmm. right? Like there's Advaita Siddhanta. There's Advaita. There's there's a, there's a um, uh, I know, like I, I sometimes say, like, what's the Siddhanta of like um, uh, um, uh, uh, evangelical Christianity, right? That, that like that 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 uh, all have sinned, fallen, all have sinned. We need salvation. God save. You know, there's there's a core teaching that's the essence of the doctrine. The doctor, I guess, doctrine is the, the conclusive doctrine of a tradition is the Siddhanta. In this term, it says Gagana Siddhanta. Our conclusion, our doctrine, our teaching. Right is the sky, or like the sky, and the sky is it's not exactly infinite, but it's for us it's a great symbol of the infinite, right? So our our the teaching is infinite, unbounded, like the sky. The deity is unbounded, right? Not defined, you know. It's like uh, so the, you are the what you're, what you're giving is beyond duality and all pervasive or infinite, like the sky. You are the goal, the object, the point of the Vedic dictums. These are the Mahavakyas. Right? So although you're the one giving the Mahavakyas, you are, you represent, you are the, maha, the goal of the Mahavakyas. This, this, this non-dual Bhavatitikana uh, 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 Ekam, Nityam, Bimalachalam. These are each one is so beautiful. Ekam, you are one. Nityam, you are eternal. Uh, um, 
Vimalachalam, you are pure, you are steady, you unmove achalam, you are un, everything else is unsta- unstable, temporary, you are stable, achala, not moving. These are all descriptions. So, what are you describing? Like, my guru, as great as he is, and I'm pretty sure he's really great, and if you met him, you'd agree, you'd have to, right? <laughs> yet, yet, he moves around, <laughs> right? But the one that we believe, we hope that they've attained or that they show, is the unmoving, the, the, the unchanging, the eternal. You are the witness, which is the self, the, the, the witnessing self of all changes, shakshibu of all means, sadhavadi of everything. You are witnessing every change of consciousness, right? Uh, 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 every state of consciousness, every thought, every movement, every transformation. You are the one, the witness, that, the, the steady witness of all these things. Pavatitam tigunarahitam. You are beyond the changes of the body. All these changes of the body and the mind, you are not affected. You are beyond those. Tigunarahitam. Satgurum. O Satguru. O true Guru. The true Guru. Satguru. Tam namami. To you we bow. So who are we bowing? Is not to a person, but to not just to a principle, the highest absolute principle which is beyond time, beyond change, un- infinite, alone, not dual, the bliss of Brahman, all these things. So that's really so that what we're worshipping in this mantra, it's a very a very exalted, philosophically exalted mantra. There's others like, oh, you who for the, for the good of your disciples took a human body and say, you know, there's other ones that glorify the more human aspects of, of the Guru. But this mantra is uh, at, at its highest, you know. The, the, the true Guru taught the highest tattva. Swami Gyanananda Giri, uh, Gyananda Tapavan in, in, in um, Giri? Gyanananda Giri, yeah? yeah from Tapavan, great saint, right? So he, in, we were there many years ago, and, and they told us exactly, he said the real Guru Darshan, right, is that, that it happens the exact moment of your, of your illumination. That's when you see the Guru. Until then, we have the few physical, we, we practice. We have the human Guru, we get the teachings, we, we have by, his devo- by devotion to him or her, by their teaching, by their you know, instruction and sadhana, we try to do. But the real Guru Darshan comes at the exact moment of our illumination, then we see the real Guru. That's what this is describing. The non-dual, the bliss of Brahman, the unchanging, beyond, infinite like the sky. That moment, that moment of revelation is that moment we, we call Guru. Right? And, and, and it's very mysterious because that moment is also given, is literally the Guru. Right? And when we, we're given Diksha and, and, and our teachings into a tradition, it's that moment that we're, being, we're given that. I sometimes think you can imagine is like a, we've used this example of a, of a um, uh, what is it, uh, you pull a pen and throw it, a grenade. Right, you know, like if, if like if I give you a grenade, right? I'm give and maybe you don't know the power of the grenade until you pull the pin and it blows up, right? Sorry, it's a it's not a great, but it's a good example. It's not a good example and a very good example. But but that moment I've given to you the day I gave it, the day I put the grenade in your hand, I gave you its explosion, right? The day, so that the, the infinite knowledge has been given in seed form. That's called diksha. And the one that is given in seed, everything, the full thing is given in seed form. Right, so it says we don't know the full fruit of that seed. When it fructifies, then it's it's this this is this this is a description of the guru at a realization. Until then, it's like oh, you who 
you know, who help me and give me teachings. You know, we, we do this type of glorification, you know, because that's the, that's the level of it. But, but everything is, is, is given like this. <clears throat> Brahman and so this so Korma Mudra we meditate first on the Guru in the heart or in the head, right? And then there's different ways to do sometimes that flower is then sometimes it's it's breathed on or or just placed on the shrine or on the uh, on the deity or on the kalasham, the khat, on uh, picture at the picture at the feet of a picture of the guru, an image of the guru. Image of the guru if the guru has passed. Tradition is we don't make images of the guru until then. Right, but sometimes so what do we? Which, so, in the Kali temple, we have the in the center of the in front we have a kalasham, a, a ghat, a water pot, and in Bengal they call it a ghat, mangal ghat, right? Other pla- in, it's called kalasham means water pot, right? And in in Bengal also in the tantric tradition for Devi it's always covered in in sindur with ghee, right? Uh, like this, with a, and we'll go into we we get to its worship a little later. We'll talk more about it. But sometimes that becomes the symbol of all gods, all goddesses. Everything is in the god. So we don't have to have a separate picture. Here we don't have a separate picture of the guru, for instance. We all have different gurus, right? And Sri Ramakrishna is our guru, so we, we worship him in, in the position of guru, independent of our individual gurus. But we still think. So we worship you, we put the flower on the gatam. Or we could, the puja can be done to a shivalingam called Banishwar, Banishwar, uh, Banishwar uh, Puja. That uh, Shiva becomes a symbol of all gods and all goddesses. Right, he takes all worship, uh, and so we worship the Guru also in the Shiva Lingam, or we also. But we do have actually. You can't really see, but if you look next to the Ghat, there's a little silver throne with certain stones. We'll go into the and underneath it. There's some silver padukas, means sandals, right? And so that's a very common symbol of the worship. Just like a Shiva Lingam is for Shiva, and a Shalagam is for Vishnu, and a Yantra or a Khat is for for Devi. The paduka, the shoes, are become the symbols of the guru, and that's for a couple. Of, we have devotion. All this have touched the, the lotus feet of the guru. We have our our natural human devotion. This touches lotus feet, and if we worship like that, and that's fine, right? But the shoes have a, a, a deeper meaning. Uh, um, it says that that what the what the uh, the the shoes are what the guru stands upon. Right, that's the thing. Whoever the guru is, he stands upon those shoes. So, what does he stand upon? He stands upon tradition. He stands upon uh, realization. He stands upon sadhana. Right. He stands upon the the the, the, the shastra. That the tradition is what he stands upon. And so, the symbol, the the padukas are the symbol of the guru, the individual guru. But it's really, it's symbol of what the guru stands upon, the tradition. Right. So, when we worship the guru at that Gyananandaji's Gyananand, uh, ashram. Every morning they do uh, worship of his padukas, right? Uh, uh, but they don't, in the worship of padukas, they, they, they use mantras for Dakshinamurtin, for Shankaracharya, not for the guru. But it says, no, no, whatever, these are our guru's sandals, right? But we worship the tradition in them. I learned also from them. We don't worship the individual guru through them. Of course, the disciples go because these are his shoes. And they, you know, we do pranam. But the morning puja with Achinaman, they do a thousand names of Shankaracharya and a thousand names of Dakshinamurti. Into onto the one by one, one side, Dakshinamurti mantra, Shankaracharya mantra goes like this. Very beautiful. After the, if you remember, uh, very elaborate. It takes a couple hours. <laughs> the Paduka puja, right? But they never mention the guru's name during that puja, right? Because it's the the real the worshiping the tradition. He represents the whole tradition, and what he stands. So the shoes are perfect symbols of that. Then there's deeper in the guru. There's tantric meaning of the Shiva and Shakti, and in the in the Guru Gita mentions. The left sandal is this, and the right sandal is this, and the different 
it goes, you can keep going elaborate and, and mystical and tantric into, into Ida and Pingala and this type of brain, that part into the, but the simple thing is that often the guru, here we worship whoever our guru is, whoever is doing puja, we offer at the, um, uh, uh. And, those, and those shoes, those lotus feet, right, we also meditate upon them on top of the head. The guru always stands on top of our head. And you'll see a lot of times, and especially in the South Indian tradition, when people, when you people come for charmita or something, they first take and they, they put, they first offer the first few drops on the guru's feet, his sandals that are, uh, that are at least his, if his feet, his feet or her feet may or may not be there, but his shoes are always there on top of the head, and then they take whatever the, as prashad. First they offer him, and then they take as prashad, right? So then this flower, after meditating upon the form or essence principle of the, of the guru is placed on the shoes or the ghat or a picture if we have a personal form like this, right? And then the five items are worth, then he's offered, he or she is offered uh, five item worship, that of uh, perfume, a flower, touched with sandwood paste, uh, uh, with uh, um, uh, um, also, it is, this is a little, it gets a slightly controversial, it's like, do you offer leaves to the guru? Right, because there's certain types of leaves we use as bivla leaves and tulsi leaves, right? So there's different things. In the Ramakrishna tradition, they offer bivla leaves to Guru, right? He's seen as Shiva Tattva, like this, right? And uh, I remember one time, but and not tulsi leaves. Tulsi leaves are only for Vishnu Tattva deities, right? For Vishnu and his incarnations, right? And I one time was at the Alambazar Mutt. This is the uh, second Mutt of the Ramakrishna order, and it's still independently run by an independent order of Ramakrishna focused devotees, uh, not far from Dakshinish, walking distance from Dakshinishwar, very holy place. And I was staying there, we used to stay there occasionally. Um, and the morning puja, I saw the priest, the Swami who was doing the puja, he also offered tulsi leaves at, for the guru puja. And so I'm a puja, I'm a pujari, so I'm always listening and looking what's different, like, like I saw some afterward over breakfast, Swamiji, you offered tulsi leaves, and he got very, he got very, not offended or angry, but just Dramatic, you know, it's like Guru Brahman, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara. <laughs> right? You're like, right? What's the problem? Right? Like, no, 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 no problem. <laughs> he saw Guru is Vishnu also, so he gets we can offer Tulsi leaves, right? And so, like Holy Mother, when people would offer on her birthday, people she'd allow people to come up and offer flowers at her feet like that, and she'd say, "Don't offer leaves." She wouldn't allow Tulsi or Bibu leaves to be offered, right? But then. So, it's in the whole, uh, in the book on Holy Mother Swami Gambhira Nandaji Maharaj, he says now we can offer Bibla and Tulsi leaves. Why? Because oh, she's in her universal form, right? Her personally, <laughs> she like. I sometimes think that I also like this because she's sort of a Devi Devi Swarupini, all gods and goddesses, right? So I like to offer Bibla leaves. Okay, that's also, but but can we offer Tulsi leaves? She's a, you know, it's like even even you don't offer Tulsi to Radha, can you offer it to Holy Mother, right? You know, like this is the cup, you know, but. Anyway, she didn't. She didn't like it. She told people not to do it. But I like Kambirananda's argument. In her universal form, she has to tolerate. You know, <laughs> we see her as all gods and all goddesses, right? So the leaves become because the leaves have sectarian meanings. Also, we have to be a little careful how we do, and you can offend people if you offer the wrong leaf to the wrong, like that. So, but generally, it, it, we, uh, incense, flower, uh, uh, um, uh, perfume means uh, perfume, flower, incense, light, and food. Esha Gandaha, Om Aim Sri So we use this month. There's different mantras. So here, in the Ramakrishna Bengali Tantric tradition, they use Aim. Aim for the Bij mantra for the um, uh, uh, for for uh, Guru. Some will use Gum. 
right? Gum is because gum is the first syllable of the mantra, and that's often when you, when you have a deity, you need a bij mantra. You can create a bij mantra by taking the first syllable and adding chandra bindu. Like for uh, parlad, it's pram. For pra, for parlada, pram. So pram, om, pram, paladaya, namaha. This is how mantras are been done. But for, for we use ayam because ayam, but ayam is a bij mantra, it's called the vak or vach bij mantra. It's for Saraswati, the goddess's speech, right? That's her primary bij mantra. And we use it for guru because guru we see as guru as the instrument of Saraswati, connected to Saraswati, because Saraswati is mantra, right? Is vidya, right? It, it, it's art, it's knowledge, and it's mantra. And these are the things that the guru gives us. The guru is the, it's, 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 it's a vehicle for Saraswati only. Through the, through the scriptures, through understanding, through training, through refinement, and through mantra, right? So we use the we use very consciously the Saraswati mantra, Om Ain Sri Idam Satchandana Pushpam, with uh, with this flower dipped in sandalwood paste, Om Ain Sri Namaha, Idam Satchandana Bivla Patram, Bivla Patram, Idam Esha Dupaha, Esha Deepaha, with uh, incense with uh, light, Idam Supakarna Naivedyam. Supakarna naivedyam. This is uh, this means naivedyam means a food. Actually, naivedyam means a food offering, right? Naivedyam actually means an offering, right? Doesn't, but it, it's become to mean food offering, and um, so usually supakarna naivedyam means uh, fruits and sweets. If you offer cooked food, then it becomes bog naivedyam, maha naivedyam. It's a different set of mantras, right? And that's usually done at the end when we offer cooked food. But generally for this interdiction. Small deity, not small deity, in the small pujas, you offer some sweets and flowers and, and nuts and fruit like that. So, supakarna navidyam, inam panarta orakam, offer water. These five items, right? And then, so then the sixth item is pranam, the pranam mantra. Just like there's dhyan mantras, mantra that describe the meditation forms, there's mula mantra, we forgot to mention this, like omayim sri gurave namaha. That's the mula mantra, a root mantra for the deity, right? And that a mula mantra is made up of several things. It's made up of. I don't even get. <laughs> I have all these notes I haven't got. To, I haven't got to my main point today. I guess it's just guru. <laughs> that seems to be a, like my problem here. Uh, um, uh, mula mantra. So a uh, mula mantra. In order to be a mula mantra, things have to have a mula mantra has to have three parts, right? So this is a mula mantra has a bija. A kriya and a nama, right? A bija means a seed, right? Kriya means an action, right? And a nama is a name. So like in Om Namah Shivaya, Om is the bija. The seed is the beach sound Om. Shivaya, Shiva, is the name, nama. And the kriya is nama. I bow to, or like, like I worship, I bow to, I, 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 I do pronounce to, right? So Om, I am Sri Gurava Om and I am are the bijas. Uh, Sri Gurave is the deity, uh, the name, and Namaha, I bow to worship, is the the um, uh, kriya. That make that makes a mula mantra. And in the scriptures, the way you do the way offerings are done. Of course, you can just decorate, offer flowers, and burn incense. That's offering, right? But in puja, it's it's you offer it by. It says specifically by naming the item and stating that you're offering it. And then, and, and then saying the, the Mula Mantra in vocative form, right? So that's, that, that's it's described, it's not just, I mean, we can, you can just offer, Swami Vivekananda, it says when he would do puja to Sri Ramakrishna, right? What he do, he sit there, 
and meditate until until full of emotion his 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 chest would be get red his face would get red right and then at the height of his thing he'd pick up a bunch of flowers and put them at Sri Ramakrishna's feet and get up and leave that was his that was his puja nobody was like wow that was a powerful puja right that, that he wasn't doing the puja of the court and then he said he somebody else would come and um, um, come 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 you know <laughs> would do all the other people would do stuff because they, the rules were there right and all all the mantras but but Swamiji's puja everybody knew was was, was the highest puja Right, he, was just by, he offered just by the exuberance of his meditation and devotion, and just offered offered everything. Uh, uh, but that's not in the tantra that mentioned specifically. You 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 state what the so you say we do esha ganda. You pointing this fragrance, right? Om Sri, and then the name of the deity in the form of the mula mantra in vakative form, which means O Guru, not just I worship the Guru. O Guru, I'm worshiping you, Guru Ve. Not Guru, not 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 Om Guru Guru Namaha Guru Ve Namaha, not Om Shiva Namaha Shivaya Namaha. We worship O Shiva. It's in that form, you know. It's personal, right? You don't. When I put food in your mouth, it's like I'm 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 putting food in Ambikananda's mouth. Like, oh Ambikananda, please eat. Not, you know. You know. It's supposed to be pers- It's supposed to be personal, right? So that the the mantras also in this vocative forms are important, right? Right, it's it's the O Shiva, O Guru, O like this. So the mantra, so as a, so that's the that's the Mula mantra, the offering mantra. Then there's the Bij mantras. Then there's also Pranam mantras. These are all different types of mantras, right? And Pranam mantras means Pranam means bowing or, or salutation mantras, right? And so these are usually in the form of uh, verses of praise, and they always have. Some creating like I bow to you, O O Shiva I bow to you, O Guru. So this famous one, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, Guru Deva Param Brahman, Tasmai Shri Guru Venu. To that divine Guru we bow. Oma Gyan Timirandasya Gyanan Jana Shalakala Chakshuru Umritam Yena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha. This mantra is also very nice. It says Agyan Timirandasya, blinded by the darkness of ignorance. Blinded by uh, uh, Ajnana, right? It's important. We're not blind by Ajnana. Blinded by Ajnana. This is important because we're not actually being blind is not our essential nature. We've been blinded. Seeing is our essential nature, right? So in a certain sense, we're not born blind. Maybe this birth, but we're not. We weren't originally born blind, right? Due to ignorance, we have we we don't we're not seeing properly. We have things covering as if covering our eyes. Ajnana, ignorance is covering us, right? Ignorance is the opposite of, is, is, ignorance is not just not knowing. It's like, it's almost a positive thing. It's like, you know wrongly. You have wrong ideas that block you from knowing properly. So it's Ajnana Timirandasya, Jnana Anjana. And so, Anjana, this is, it uses, we don't have, I guess this mascara is the closest we get to it, right? It's, Ancient mascara is made from um, from ash and and oil and wax and you, you know we we use it the only time I we, we still buy it at Kali Mandir we go to Calcutta because we use it in puja right during Durga puja otherwise it's not a common thing but it's like and you see like old paintings there's people with very almost very dramatic black now it's I think it's been subtleized by the cosmetic industry as mascara and and all these type of things right. But it's a type. It's it's just a black. It goes on the very inside of the eye, really. And in puja, when Ma's eye, when during the prana pratistana, 
the actual moment when Ma's awakened in the image is when her eyes are opened. And her eyes are open, usually using a golden stick or a stick of tulsi or some holy thing, right? The, uh, the, uh, this black colorum, I think, is sometimes is that the, what is it? Colorum. Colorum. is the English. Charcoal. Yeah, that's the, probably the. I think that's the English translation of, of it, right? Is used, and then Ma's eyes are ritually opened, with it by putting this under with this solid and this thing. Her eyes are then open, and then, and whatever she sees first, that's a very auspicious. Moment, and and when and whenever if you ever been to a temple when a deity is awakened, right? Everybody wants to be when the doors open or the curtains drop. Everybody wants to be the first thing that the deity looks at. <laughs> That's considered very auspicious, you know. Actually, usually they put first they put tons of sweets, but the first thing the the, the deity sees is something auspicious, and then they see the other people waving behind the sweets. <laughs> give us your blessing. Give us your blessings, you know. But the idea that this 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 makeup like that opens her eyes. So similarly, our eyes can be opened. The guru, as if, opens, removes, like the sleet or something, covering cataracts, in other words, removes the cataracts from our eyes, right? Uh, we are supposed, we're not, we're not, we've been blinded. That's a, the, the term is not blind, but blinded. We've been blinded by ignorance. The guru opens our eyes. Right, Swami Vivekananda, are we doing okay on time? Okay, uh, uh, as far as, spa- uh, 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 as far as juice? Yeah, so... Um, Swami Vivekananda said that, that what do we do? It's a, it's a famous, in one of his talks or letters or something, he says, we cover our own eyes, right? And say we're blind, we're, we're, we can't see, we're in the dark, we're blind. We cover with, as if with our own hands, right? So it's, so it's not even something else that we have to... And so in a certain sense, the guru is like, you know, it's like, first thing you can do is like, move your hands, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we're, we're in our own way, usually, right? We're, we can... It, it doesn't take much to see, actually. The eyes open and we see. Or, or another way of thinking, or the classic example of seeing the snake instead of a rope, right? When somebody says, "Look, it's not." If you look look carefully, it's actually not a snake. It's a rope. It's like, oh, then you get it, right? You saw it wrong, but it's it was never a snake. And how, and some people come to ask, how long does it take? It could take a thousand years or an instant, right? First you saw it, and now you see it correctly, and now you, now you see it, right? Or he says that if if, if a room's been dark ten a room has been dark ten thousand years, you turn on the light. How long does it take? A second, right? But it may take ten thousand years to turn on the light. That's the problem, you know. But once it once you once it's on, it's in a second. It doesn't go away little by little, right? So blinded, you open our eyes with the colorum. Col, what's the word? Colorium. Colorum of knowledge, right? By by knowledge, another. So, you you we are we're in ignorance. You remove it by knowledge. The other great story Sri Ramakrishna told uh, from the traditional stories. Sri Ramakrishna told something. Vivekananda would repeat it quite a bit. Of the um, uh, uh, there is a what was it the uh, um, a lion, a group, of, a pack of lions, a pack, a pack. They're not packs, are they? A pride of lions or tigers. Same tigers, private tiger, attacked uh, a group of sheep, right? In the process, one one sheep jumped and gave birth to a baby sheep that, and the mother died, and some another even and actually even even in fierce animals they have their own dharma and there's many examples of like this happening where even seeming enemies would take care of children of, of of another animal. So they felt sorry and they began to raise this this sheep sheep as a lion, 
or a tiger, a tiger, I think is the way the story goes, right? Uh, uh, and so it, you know, uh, uh, no, I got the story totally wrong. See, oh my goodness, I'm blinded in great ignorance, but my gurus here have illumined my, so the exact opposite story. A lion goes to attack, a tiger goes to attack sheep, and the, t- the tiger dies and gives birth to it, so let's say like that. And so this little baby tiger grows up as a sheep. Right, let's that's that's that uh, set it up a little bit. I would have I would have it's a little bit more embarrassing a few more minutes later as I told you like what anyway. <laughs> I would have really messed up the story. Right. So it grows up and it's and what are the two? It it it, it learns, you know, it eats grass, it bah, it, it, it it learns to to you know to, 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 to bleat like a like a like a sheep, right? And it's also learns to be really scared of tigers and lions, right? To be super skittish and you know, it, it learns the way it's like that. And one day, another group of uh, a, a, a tiger comes along and sees. Oh, there, there's some maybe potential lunch here. And he looks in the middle, uh, in the middle of it, of this group of sheep. He sees a, a young tiger. He says, "What? It's watching it. Like it, it, it's behaving so strangely. For starters, it should be eating the, the sheep, right? What to speak of just like running around and eating nimbly on grass and bleeding like this. And so he waits till it's a little bit by itself, and it goes and grabs it." You imagine if a, if a sheep, or if you think you're a sheep, gets grabbed by a lion, it starts screaming, it starts bleeding, 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 bah, bah, screaming like that. It's like quiet, right? Quiet! You know, just try to scream away, a good lion can do it, tell a good story, right? And finally it takes it, it says, look, right? look at, look, it takes it to water, look in the, look in the, look in the, look in the river, look in the, uh, at the um, pond. You see my face? Look at your face. It's like mine. And it looks, you know, it begins to like a little, its world begins to to uh, shatter a little bit, right? And so like this, and then he says, now, now and he, he throws some, puts its meat, meat into its mouth, not telling people to eat meat, right? If you're a tiger, it's okay. <laughs> you know? uh, but in the story, but what am I going to do? How can I, I eat grass? He says, no, no, eat, he forces him. And slowly, you can imagine the, the, when the first time, like there's instinct comes in. Right, it's real. It's 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 always been a tiger, or lion, right? And 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 the taste of the blood and all the memories and all the instincts of like, and the, for that thing it does it roars, right, and goes back into the forest with the tiger, you know. So Sri Ramakrishna and Swami Vivekananda they use this story a lot. So this is the real nature that that we're we're not to blind. We're completely bewildered, right? We don't know who we are. We've been told. We've told ourselves that we've been told by who knows how. But we're something totally different than we actually are, right? And the guru comes and tells us, actually, you know, tatvamasi, right? You know, so what are you talking about, right? Tat, you know, it's like you, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are. Maybe you're God, you're Brahman, you're a soul, you're not this body, whatever the the teaching is, right? Right. Since I'm not going to get to Ganesha and the five deities which I was planning to, I might as well continue, I'll give. I'll take the next four minutes, my my six minutes uh, extra time. Uh, 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 um, I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to use my four minutes for a really good story. Oh, I forgot. Um, uh, uh, mm. uh, I'm very embarrassing. <laughs> my brain is, is undoing it. So, uh, <clears throat> um, again, so, uh, um, uh, um, the, oh, oh, that's right. So, Swami Chaitanya tells a story, a funny story. Of uh, uh, Sanyasi was his young disciple. They're on, on wandering the Himalayas, and they go to a what do they call it a um, 
uh, uh, um, um, anachitra, where they give food to sadhus, right? And in the, if you're, most of you probably haven't been in line with sadhus to get food. We've done this a few times. But anyway, so in the line of sadhus to get, they, they give, these places give food to sannyasis and babas, you know, as, a, as auspicious to support the sadhus. And uh, um, the, the, the old swami, then the young swami, is, he's fidgety and, you know, you know, just uh, and, and undisciplined. And, and, and he, he by accident bangs on something of the person behind him. And there's an old, and one thing, another thing, if, if you ever happen to be in a line of old cranky, <laughs> old cranky sodas were old and cranky, right? <laughs> right? It's often to be old and cranky. So the, the older, the Swami, the sadhu at the back of the line, he, he makes, ah, you're like a monkey, right? Behavior, you're, you're, you're fidgety like a monkey, right? And the young, the young sadhu blows up and starts screaming and howling and knocking down his, Kamandalu, you know, getting all, all angry at him, right? And the guru watches this. And the guru says, I've been telling you for years, you are Brahman, with no effect. This sadhu tells you you're a monkey, and immediately you become a monkey. <laughs> right? This is a very good... He is your guru, or am I your guru? <laughs> yeah, this is the thing, yeah. So the guru tells... The guru tells... And so... Uh, 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 Swami Shivananda in one of his great recordings if you ever look up recordings of Swami Shivananda there's one of his lectures probably his best one it's called um, uh, Sure Ways of uh, Success in Life and Self-Realization right? and, he, and one of the lines it says do not bleat like a lamb roar om like a lion of Vedanta Right, that was his. You know, it's like you, who we you have to know who we really are. You know, we're, we've convi- we've hypnotized ourselves or been hypnotized. We've covered our own eyes, right? But the guru opens the eyes with the no- with knowledge. Our ignorance is removed by knowledge, right? We're told, we're taught, we're shown, we're pushed, we're punished, whatever whatever way uh, to, to uh, uh, purify to to give us true knowledge. Uh, uh, and then akanna mandalakaram vyaptam nyenar charar chara archaram right you reve- you reveal right what is the guru revealing reveals that which pervades everything the all the one that the thing the reality the truth that's all pervading uh, um, uh, pervades everything chala and achala moving and moving all living things and all non-living things um, the, not only everything, the life behind everything, the reality behind everything, even that which doesn't move. You reveal the truth behind everything. Moving and moving to you, that divine, our divine guru or that divine guru, we bow. And there are so many other mantras. Dhyana mulam guru murtim, puja mulam guru param, mantra mulam guru vakyam, moksham guru. What is it? Guru, Guru Kripa, thank you. This is another, it's not in my book, but it's one that usually, if I get going, usually I've included it over the years, right? Uh, with how to start again? Dhyana Mulam. So that's a, be- that's a beautiful, this is a good, Dhyana Mulam Guru Ramutim. So Mula means root or foundation, right? So the root of Dhyana, uh, um, uh, of meditation, is the Guru's form. So here we're meditating the Guru's form, so that means the Guru's body, Guru's form, but of course, Brahmanandam, the form is not just a form. It's the, 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 the rupa is like the essence, almost better than form. Mur, the, the guru's form is the essence. The murti, the, the, the uh, uh, is the foundation of meditation. Dhyana mulam guru murtim, puja mulam guru param. His feet are the are, are worship's foundation. It is the foundation of puja, 
Right, we're worshipping Guru's feet. Mantra Mulam Guru Vakyam. His words are the foundation of mantra. Uh, of course, his words give us mantra. Okay? And Moksha and, Mulam um, Guru um, Kripa. And his grace is the foundation or cause of liberation. So very, very uh, wonderful. There's so many beautiful mantras. Uh-uh. So I was, my talk originally, my notes actually not on this. I thought I would just quickly talk about Guru. We talked about Guru a few weeks ago. But well, for Guru Gita, maybe Guru pulls out something uh, uh, to glorify the Guru principle and, and our beloved teachers. Um, it, uh, but what I, what I was going to say, which I won't say, is, is, uh, is called the <coughs> Panchadevata or Panchayatra uh, Yantra Puja, the worship of the five in the Smarta tradition and the Tantric tradition, there's five deities that are always worshipped. Ganesha, Surya, Narayan, Shiva, and Devi. Right, and so that's actually, this is the next, so we, just like we're doing, we do this little mini puja to the Guru. First meditating, offering the, well, offering the five items and doing prayers. Right, simple thing, only takes, it, it took me an hour and a half to describe it, but it actually takes three minutes to do it. It's not very, you know, not very complicated, very simple puja. Right. But then we do the same thing to Ganesha, then to Surya, then to Narayan, then to Shiva, then to Durga, right? And then in our tradition, then to Sri Ramakrishna, to Holy Mother, and Vivekananda, right? We do all these little pujas before we get anywhere near doing, we do a big, then we do the same thing in a more elaborate, uh, extended way, in deeper way, to the main deity we're worshipping. So that's a very, yes, go ahead. Tell me. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, um, uh, it's a, uh, um, uh, but it's a very deep thing because behind the the, the, uh, the smarter tradition is given it, but it's also it's people. Oh, I will go. Actually, I'll go into this next because this is an elaborate, uh, uh, both important as well as scholarly uh, information about how this tradition came down. Uh, we do it. It's part of the, We do it because it's in the book to do. We're taught to do it. We have faith to do it. But there's the reasons behind it are very um, um, impressive and. and, 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 and it may take a few weeks before we get to them. I think it'll be three weeks before we can continue this discussion, but uh, that's the way God has ordained uh, things. Any, any, any comments or questions? Direct challenges? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Vehement disagreements? Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention um, uh, the, the, the Adnya chakras, mm. the yeah. and then the two petal chakras, the feet. Is it, yeah, so that's the, the, pedal, the feet that are, that are worshipped. And and actually that's another thing is that that this this Timarandasya this we move with the colorum of knowledge. Actually, the eyes that were blinded is not these eyes that get opened, right? This eye that gets opened, right? The Agnichak. So that's a different different thing. Um, and even when um, uh, when we put in uh, religious markings like that, and here we actually call that this is the Gyananjana. This is a, this is it's this sometimes this verse is chanted. When this, because this is this is we're opening, we're taking a bunch of goop and putting it up there, but it's not uncovering. It's it's not covering. It's uncovering. Hopefully, opening, opening this. Uh, 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 the, the yes. Higher, yeah. 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 Yes. 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 So, yeah. So even even Krishna, when Arjuna wanted to see the universal form, he said, "You can't see it with these eyes." Right, so it's one thing we can open his eyes. It's not just these eyes; these eyes are already open. We have to. Have, he says, "I give you a divine, a different eye, right?" Uh, uh, Divya Chakshu, I think, right? I think is the term he uses. Divine eyes. 
And Thakur said also, you can't see God with these eyes. He, uh, uh, he says, what did he use? We haven't got that. Yeah, he says that could be, we need love eyes. Right, that's another thing. Right? We, we get love senses, love ears. We have a whole other sense of those things. Those are, those are developed. Right? And we can be trained in, in the subtlety of that to see what we really see. But I love this idea of, of the Thakur's example of the, of the um, um, lion and the, and the, and the, tiger, the tiger and the, and the sheep. Is a very, very nice. Another point, also Sri Ramakrishna said, there's a thing that with the human, the problem is that we're when worshiping Guru, and um, the Guru, Swami Shivananda says in his book, Guru Tattva, which is a wonderful book, top 10 of Swami Shivananda's books. If I have 300 books, this is one of the top 10. I suggest people read it. There's some very good parts. But he says that what we do, he says you superimpose the qualities of Brahman on the imperfect human personality of the Guru. Right? So that's a very bold statement. Right? You see Brahman in the person of the Guru. It doesn't mean the person, the, ideally the Guru, the Guru should have some good qualities. The qualities listed are, have, should have knowledge, should be able to answer your questions. He should be initiated and trained properly in the proper lineage. He should have no material, personal ambition for teaching you. Right? You know, these, these are the qualities. He should also be a knower of Brahman and have faith. You know, all these other, from a good family. It describes all these type of things that are, that are described, right, for, for the Guru. And the quality of the disciples also given. But once, but exactly, it's, it's because Brahman is the Guru. God is the Guru. Right? We see God in the person. Right? So what happens if the Guru... If, the, if we start to see the human qualities, some gurus have more human qualities. Mm-hmm. Some of the bad qualities that all human beings have sometimes come to the forefront and cause a lot of confusion in the lives of disciples, right? Uh, 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 but even, even, even a guru who's very disciplined and very transcendental and Paramahansa type stage, right? Even they, you can see it like, you know, they, you know, it's like, what do they eat and what do they watch on TV or what? You know, it's like, it's like it's, you, you see them as human. As soon as you see them as human, then human personality comes and relation and criticism comes and familiarity breeds contempt, as they said. So exactly, exactly, suggested not to be too close to the guru. In traditional uh, sannyasi lineages, usually the guru doesn't keep the same attendant for very long. Otherwise, people start fault. You start seeing the human qualities and start treating them as human, and then you no longer see the guru, right? So there's there's a danger in that. What to speak of some who actually have who the lower qualities have come to the forefront due to whatever reason. Or maybe even there, from the beginning. Sometimes that that also is the case. So something karmas come up like this, right? But Sri Ramakrishna said that he had a great line. He says that my guru, although my guru may 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 visit the grog shop, right? This is considered bad. In case you're wondering, <laughs> uh, 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 to me he is the embodiment of Satchitananda, right? So whatever, and he gave the example of Nityananda Prabhu. Nityananda was the disciple or uh, companion of Lord Chaitanya. Now he was an abudhut, right? His behavior was not conventional, right? And so there's lines, there's verses. Not trying to, not trying to create any doubt. And we believe he's. We have pictures of him. We worship, we worship him daily. I call him in there, right? Sing his name, right? Uh, as one of the great, greatest manifestations of divinity the earth has known, right? But by behavior, he was confusing. He's an abudhut, right? So there's verses that says, although my nityananda may have a, a big jug of wine in one hand. Right and a low-class prostitute in the other, whether or not this is the case or not. There's like, like to me, he's he's we he's he's Nityananda. He's, we prayed that he gives us his blessings. 
that we would develop, right? Right. So it's not that's not the standard, right? <laughs> we shouldn't imitate <laughs> the Paramahansas and the Abhuts, right? He's he's he's, he's considered Abhut, right? The supreme uh, beyond uh, any any such states, right? But our human guru may not be an Abhut, right? May have, but still, Thakur said, even if he visits a grog shop, right? To me, I I see him as embodiment such as Ananda. Because then, and then he says that a broom, like we're sweeping today, you're sweeping today, brooms are dirty. We don't bring them into the temple. Somebody hits you with a broom, it's a big insult. Why? Because brooms are dirty, right? Like, like hitting somebody with a shoe, you know, it's like in a, in, a, in a culture that considers cleanliness and uncleanliness, it's very insulting to hit somebody with a broom, right? They're dirty, right? Yet they clean dirty places, right? They, they, so, so even, not trying to glorify bad gurus, right? <laughs> But, but even uh, Takur said not what's well, ago. He wasn't glorifying. He was, and he warned people against being too involved in such people like that. Right? To be to be very watchful and careful before accepting, having high standards. Everybody should you should test the guru, and the guru should test the disciple, to know their real nature. But that even even a, a dirty a, just as a dirty broom can clean dirty places, even an imperfect guru, if can clean us. Right, you know, because and also the thing is, what it is, what the guru giving good, right? The the guru's giving is sadhana, is knowledge, is tradition, right? The guru is a gatekeeper and an opening to a sacred tradition. It's a sacred tradition that purifies. It's not the person, right? The thing, the thing is that we getting too late, late. But the my my my, my guruji, Swami Vishnu Saraswati, very wonderful sadhu. Um, he made he made a very he said something very interesting. He says several times he told me, so Jose, my name back there before I was budgeting on Jose, you're poor you're a poor student. Yes yes Guruji I'm a very poor student. I have no money. <laughs> I have no money. Yes you're a good. If I give you one check million dollars, you'd be very happy, would you? Because yes Guruji I'm very happy. At least I'll pay off my student loans minimally, <laughs> right? <clears throat> And he says, so now you have a million dollars, right? Now you're a millionaire, if I do, isn't it? He goes, yes, Guruji. Uh, he says, who made you a millionaire? That was his question, right? He says, well, Guruji, you made me a millionaire. He says, no, no, no. The, 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 the check made you, the million dollars made you a millionaire, isn't it? He goes, yes. He says, no, but I gave you the million dollars. Right, he kept like switching, switching around like that because you realize that it's the saying to say that if I give you a million dollars, you're now a million. It's the money that made you a million dollars, but also I made you a million. I'm the one who gave you the money, so you can't. There, there. Really, it's the money, not the person. But you can't separate it from the person. The person who gives it to uh, Tripura Maharaj, you said, the, the, you can't separate the giver from the gift. They're so intimately connected, and because the gift is so intimate and so special, it's divinity itself. The holy mantra, the holy teaching, the holy tradition, whatever the uh, technique that's been given, right? That's so divine that the person who who gives it to you is treated with the same intimacy, the same respect, same care, right? It's like you know, it's like if what if I said, oh, like you know, we brought you know, it's like uh, this this we give you this car this carpet. Sri Ramakrishna sat on this carpet when he worshipped Holy Mother. Right, everybody would come and you'd, you'd worship this. Car- it's just a carpet. It's probably it's not. It's carpet's not clean. It, sm- it smells small, small, smells from mothballs. What's the thing? But it it was touched by something so special. If even a piece of cloth or a piece of we have, I mean, I've I've gone to places and laid on the ground in front of somebody who claims, oh yes, this cup Sri Ramakrishna used. Like oh my God, this is and that's like 
Like this is like going to the greatest pilgrimage spot ever. Just a cup. Maybe had, they claim he had tea in that cup. Who knows? It could just be some story to get people to come to their house and give, leave money and bow, bow. You know, who knows what it is? The nature of relics, right? But the chance, right, that he that he touched it, right? That's just a cup of tea. What about the most sacred thing that God has come to us in, in, in the mantra and the teachings and the tradition through the most sacred of things? So our our relationship with such a being, with a per, such an instrument, right, maybe of extreme quality or of lower quality, the gift is not different from it. We, that's why we say Guru is God. The Guru gives God, right? and therefore, they're, for practical purposes and for the bhava purposes, they're not different. Right? We consider them so intimate that we don't make it's in practical life and in devotional life we don't separate them too much, right? And therefore we 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 um, anyways this is a very nice Swami Shivana said we superimpose the divine the, all the qualities of Brahman we see the divinity in the Guru on the in the human personality of the Guru if the human has the human personality happens to have saintly qualities then it's easier for sure. <laughs> For, for, and that's that's for sure, and that's also one of the. We should know there. That's also one of the standards. Some a few saintly qualities should be there, so we should we should know those standards before jumping in. But anyways, Jaima, Jaima, very nice topic. In a couple of weeks we'll do Ganesha.